0: Hey, everyone. This is Abby Martin. You're listening to the audio version of this episode, which you can watch at youtube.com slash empire files. But you can also listen to our new exclusive podcast only at patreon.com slash empire files, which makes all our free video content possible. Felipe, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So let's take a look back at your career to start here, because a lot of people are engaged with your music just for the sake of it being really amazing music. You've been recognized by industry leaders, by the hip hop community as just an incredibly prolific and important self-made artist. But also you have chosen to use your music as a, a vehicle for politics. And I think that if you didn't do that, you would still be recognized as a very important artist, but you chose to do that. And I think that your music has had an incredibly profound impact on people politically. So I think just looking back at all of your work, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about your music serving as a politically transformative event in someone's life for so many people? To a
1: lot of people, revolution is sacred. So I expect him to have a cynical view of it. I always see people that are skeptical when we discuss these types of issues, because to them that struggle is infinite, that struggle represents something more than just themselves, it represents an imbalance of just humanity in general. For example, if we describe capitalism the way we do now in universities, we normalize some pretty horrific things that happen, but if we put it into simple terms that kids can understand, like, here's a guy who has one million logs. He knows that you need to burn a log every day for these families to stay alive. But instead, he refuses to give them any logs. Now, we know because of this, there are people that are gonna freeze and die over the winter, but we're gonna allow that to happen. Now, normally, the course of action would be for people to rise up kick the door down of the person that has all the logs and help themselves to just enough so they can make it through the winter. But we've normalized who's a terrorist and who's a freedom fighter based on what America's hegemonic view of some region is. So listen, for every person that thinks you're telling the truth, especially in this political environment in the United States where people on two sides of the duopoly which is itself a pathetic spectrum, don't even have a shared history (laughs) of the United States anymore. What am I going to think when people are either attracted to what I do or they're terrified by it? Because there was a time in which, although I got a lot of credit for being against the Bush administration and calling out war crimes, uh, there was a time in which I used to receive death threats for that. Um, During the Obama era, where we were heavily critical of his war crimes and the administration and what they were doing, we saw a lot of the quote-unquote liberal allies that we have abandon us. And people who were elevated from a position of justifying a monstrosity like that were given a platform simply because they were opposed to a carnival barker like Mr. Trump. Mr. Obama made spineless liberals feel like progressives. And Mr. Trump made stupid people feel smart. And this is the world that we live in now, a world on the brink of civil war, a war in the Ukraine and Russia, you know, natural resources being depleted around the planet, you know. There are people who don't even believe corona was real. And then there are some of us that just despise the government response to it, that says, well, where's the health care?" right? You gave us $600 and you told us, die in your house. I'm a conspiracy theorist for bringing that up? That's the future of America? When people look at my music, take this from it, if you take anything from it. I wasn't talking about the past. I was talking about what's to come. When I said in the cause of death, um, without the, uh, and now that I think back, Mr. Cheney, uh, you couldn't have the war in Iraq or a, a, a budget of world conquest proportions and revoke the right to abortion. We were talking about this in 2003. You can go back and see Revolutionary Volume Two. And it's not because I'm a prophet. It's not because I'm, I'm, I'm some kind of spiritual guru that stares into a crystal wall. It's because this was the naked truth that was written on the wall and people didn't want to see it. They don't want to see proximity to their politics be fascism. So they changed the narrative.
0: Well, it's because you have a solid political foundation and ideology that I think it took a lot of other people, including myself, a long time to figure out what I'm fighting against and fighting for. And that's what's so impressive about, you know, Revolutionary Volume One, that came out right after 9-11. I mean, that was a time that, even though you got accolades later on for fighting the Bush administration or being outspoken as an artist, that, that was a very marginalizing time as an artist to come out full-fledged, like, revolutionary politics, you know, hammer and sickle on the front cover. I mean, in a wake of just complete paralysis in the country. And then right after the Iraq war, same thing.
1: It's interesting you bring that up because what I showed on Revolutionary Volume 1, if you look at the cover, is cops, and on the other side is soldiers killing them. What do you think is gonna happen in a civil war? You think the army, the, 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 the marines, the coast guard, that they're all gonna be on the same side? What do you think happens in civil war, the civil war that half this nation is clamoring for? It's police departments against military, military against government, people forming their own militias against the police force. It's the, the, the randomness of killing. And right now I think what gives people peace in some sick way, Is that the killing is mitigated the killing is organized they believe that barbarity is random killing like this bomb well if it blows up in afghanistan or iraq then it was supposed to blow up that's where things like that happen Mm -hmm. in syria if a school gets bombed it's but why is this happening here right and then the bias of journalists during The war in Ukraine, well, this stuff's supposed to happen in Syria, but this is Europe where things are (laughs) civilized. And I want to remind those, those animals that live in the skins of people, those human teleprompters that are out there passing themselves off as journalists, you know, the difference between Ukraine and Iraq, 45 nations attacked Iraq, 45, and you have Russia and what? It's satellite republics that are fighting NATO and the the, the the people there. And unfortunately, it's it's boiled down to such a politics that you can't even say it's wrong. right? I risk p- p- being alienated politically by maybe people I know in Russia because I say this war is wrong. Yes, it's wrong. It's disgusting. But at the same time, I can turn around to the United States and say, how dare you tell people that the Russians are ignorant to what's going on in the Ukraine. I'm sure they are, but I'll do you one better. I bet that Americans are just as ignorant, if not more, to the atrocities and murder, rape and torture that took place in Iraq and Afghanistan. So we have no moral high ground here. You've used up all the political capital from 9-11. Interesting you brought that up. We don't have that anymore, Abby. Mm -hmm. Imagine if we had that, we would have sent troops into Syria. Like those idiots
0: on MSNBC wanted us to. It is very strange, Felipe, looking at the last 20 years and seeing where we have come. First of all, capitalism is like widely loathed by a lot of young people, that's good, right? At the same time, this very disturbing trend where um, conspiracism, this distrust in institutions has bred a deep cynicism that has basically manifested into things like climate change isn't real, it's a globalist plot, COVID isn't real, it's a globalist plot. Mm And for people like us, who I Immigrants think were- Immigrants were sent by George Soros oh, yeah. here, shit yeah. like that. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Trump's presidency, I mean, basically solidified that. It became where he's fighting the deep state. I mean, I don't understand how anyone in the movement back during the Iraq war fighting against the state, fighting against the empire could be sold into what has become this ascendant right-wing reactionary movement that is quite scary, Felipe, because a lot of people that I was actually fighting alongside back 20 years ago have become Trumpers, QAnoners, and it's become scary. And it is becoming what you said. I mean, on the precipice of the Civil War tension that is ratcheting up day after day. Hmm.
1: I'll put it to you this way. Um, People don't recognize or understand what they're really asking for. A civil war means that the united states gives us gives up its position as number one it means that the world belongs to russia and china and while we're discussing those two countries there's an interesting dichotomy that exists in that foreign policy that a lot of people don't understand from the quasi-right or closeted right-wingers as i call them because they are interesting people, a lot of them. A, a lot of people don't want to be categorized as right-wing, so they've invented this sort of middle-of-the-road philosophy, or I'm a, i am I believe both sides are corrupt. Yes, but you only criticize one side. When you criticize uh, uh, the right, you only criticize it for being soft on the left. So. My message to those people is just come out of the closet and be what you are. I My politics didn't move to the left. I never became a liberal during this time. I just refused to move to the right along with everyone after the 9-11 effect. And people forget that. I mean, there should be a documentary that's just called the 9-11 effect when all politics shifted to the right. So people that were middle ground, right? They, they used to be middle ground. Now they're seen as left. The people who were... Um, on the right are now seen as the middle and the people on the far right are seen as the right and the people who were too disgusting for the right to even embrace people uh who push like racial statistics as as closet eugenics we're still dealing with that garbage too um those individuals are given a voice that they never had before Mm -hmm. and the people who were actually the quasi left have been moved to a place where they're not even considered the left here in this country. They're considered like, oh, that's so far left that it exists outside the sphere. But the deep state is not a Democratic or Republican entity. The deep state, if you want to have a discussion about this, um, is not a Democrat left, a not a Republican right entity. It relies on resources. There's a movie called Network where they discuss communist Russia. And you think these people, and the guy says, You think they argue about Mao and, and Lenin in these meetings? No. They get out linear charts and they discuss what resources they're going to take from different places because that's, a, it's like the USSR is a country, an empire, much like America. So what are we discussing, right? What is the deep state's concern? The deep state's concern is that. We're all a bunch of talking monkeys that are trapped on a floating rock in space, and these resources are going to run out, and we need to have them more than anybody else. And the next war is going to be over the Arctic and Antarctica, when those resources become more available. And constantly and consistently, this is proven right. Now, whereas it comes to the the scare tactics of communism, you know, communism made a, a a reemergence. And I would argue that it's not so much socialism or socialist principles that I discuss in my music, but rather those that are interpreted such so by socialists because they are the original basis of what human beings live like in an indigenous world. For example, sister, we uh, indigenous, Latino, whatever you want to call us, and African people, with all due respect to Karl Marx and, and Engels, we didn't need a white European man in the 1850s to come to the dark jungles of Latin America and Africa and explain the complex concept of sharing. We knew what that was and collectivism for thousands of years. That's why we stayed alive. That's how we flourished in a society and a place that was ungovernable to nature for most people when they came here because they were dropping like flies. And if you're gonna discuss being an anti-globalist, how could you possibly support Israel And Zionism. So these sort of total conflicts of ideology are normalized as if they're not there, right? The way the right wingers or or Latino right wingers will cheer Vladimir Putin, but then at the same time realize, yes, in Europe, they support the far right. But in Latin America, half these republics wouldn't exist without the support of Russia and China. So they play you left and right. The United States is getting smacked on both sides. The Russians have learned, Okay, we support these far-right movements. Marine Le Pen is right there with with Mr. Putin, right? But then so is Hugo Chavez. So is Nicolas Maduro. And you're over here dick-riding the duopoly still. That's the problem with the American public. They're stuck in that mentality. They don't realize that people outside this country are playing 3D chess. And you're still arguing that Mr. Trump was sent by God. And it's just stupid, and it's nonsensical. And if the imaginary communist takeover is a red scare in the United States from the Democrats, then what is the end result? What is the trajectory of right-wing politics? It's a theocracy. It's the theory of the seven mountains. And for people who are unaware of that, they should look it up. It's the idea that they're going to reclaim seven major parts of society military, economics, entertainment, education, et cetera, et cetera, and push them towards a more religious base. Now, it's always framed nicely, right? We want to put God back in schools. We want to get kids to do right. But the danger of combining church and state, I think, goes beyond what the founding fathers had in mind. It's not so much that just the church will influence the state. No. It's the state that now will even more so pollute the word of God for people who have not had it polluted by religious institutions. In other words, it's no longer America's war now, Abby. It's God's war. Well, we're not killing these people because uh, we want to. It's because God told us that this war is necessary. God made this foundation. God is the justification for that. So now you have an easy out clause for every atrocity that you commit. And all you have to whisper is, I'm sorry, right, before you die and you think it all goes away. How fucking convenient is
0: that? I mean, that's what we saw at the Supreme Court takeover. It's a judicial coup by a minority extremist sect of religious cultists, essentially. And it is happening across every institution. And at the same time, it's a manufactured war on critical race theory, on communism, it's all fake, it, it's fantasy, but well, it I th- sticks.
1: Th- th- thank you for bringing that up because when people mention critical race theory, I think a lot of people don't understand that that's actually a class that you need to pass well, we don't even school.
0: We don't even get real history at all. It's like, <laughs> what, and you're, you're fighting against already like history classes that maybe talk about slavery in an honest way, it's like, what?
1: I, I think though that the, the, other, the other part of that is one, that the right wing is pushing this to, that the manufactured left has done a miserable job at fighting back. And their idea was to mitigate these things. So let's take them both for what they were. People will applaud Mr. Trump for never starting new wars, right? But even some of my libertarian friends have fallen into that trap. And I say, well, then he just continued Then What did he do? He dropped the Moab. Yes, for the first 12 months, the drone strikes went down, but then they went up back up to a degree that was even higher than they were when Obama left. We both know that's true. The problem is this, what was the democratic response? What was the liberal response to 9-11? Well, their liberal response was to follow the 9-11 effect. They said, no, we have to out military the right wing. So we're not Mm -hmm. just gonna knock over Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, now we're gonna knock over Syria. We're gonna make sure that the Arab Spring fails to actually produce any real effective long-term change. So whereas the Republicans cheer a man for not starting any new wars without realizing that he still continued these war crimes and sponsored a monstrosity in Yemen, the liberals in this country, in my opinion, did something just as bad. They're like the black cop on the police force that shoots someone because they want to prove to the other white officers that they're willing to kill a motherfucker from their own hood. And in that sense, they abandon human rights, right? Now, the, the Republicans have a different issue, whereas the Democrats abandon human rights in order to prove that they were militant to have the country The Republicans have decided to make themselves God, and the revolution for them in this country doesn't come when communist Democrats get control. No, it comes when they realize that they no longer need the Republican Party as a shell for what they really want. I think a lot of people don't realize that when they welcome these kind of theocratic, really, really narrow-minded movements that you're creating like this American Taliban mentality. You don't realize it because you've normalized it as if Christianity was brought to people in peace. No, people were forcibly converted like everything, every other religion with that. So without properly putting that into context, we realize that there are vultures and then there are just more vultures and the people are caught in between that. It's not just so much a cynicism for government, it's a cynicism against both of these parties. The way it plays out is different. The cynicism from the right is we don't need these Republicans to be here anymore. They're just stopping us from doing what we really want. And the the idiocracy and cynicism from the fake left is we can still reach out and get the middle ground of these
0: people. That's all they care about.
1: We just need to move to be more militant. We need to show them what we want.
0: Well, and the liberals um, actually fought Trump from the right several times about trying to advocate normalization of relations with North Korea. I mean, him just saying rhetorically that he was against wars, that he wanted to withdraw from some countries that he didn't actually withdraw from, that was fought from the right. Hmm. Like you said, I mean, trying to push militaristically that we're bigger than you, we're stronger than you, how dare you try to retreat? Right? I mean, at the same time, Trump was not retreating. I no. mean, he tried to do a coup in Venezuela, increased drone strikes 300%, assassinated General Soleimani. I mean, the list goes on and on, which pisses me off so much that they use him as a foil. He was its anti-war candidate, including libertarians, which know better than that, they should. I just can't wrap my mind around the evolution of like conspiracism, like how we have a sitting Congresswoman, Marjorie Taylor Greene, That says actually 9-11 was an inside job. She's batshit crazy. One of these Christian crusaders, on the tip of being an anti-gay bigot, fear-mongering about groomers, it has become almost a right-wing perspective where questioning the government, which should be like like left, I mean a left critique of like institutional power, right? Mm but instead it's become folded into the Trump administration where it's now associated that anyone who critiques things like the deep state, it's become cartoonish, it's a parody.
1: Right, or anyone who says the government response to COVID was a catastrophe and a joke, and these people did everything for themselves, for the rich and nothing for us. So when people call it the great reset from, from the right or from the quasi right, the QAnon people, I always say, no, it's not, it's the great rebate. Right? It's not the Great Reset. They already own your soul. They sold off the morals first. Now they think that they can regain the people's favor by offering them trinkets. And what's crazy and what's interesting about what you say is that people are listening to elites from the right wing call left wing people elites. Like you're not an heiress, right? Like you're not a billionaire. Like you're not a millionaire, right? The biggest sucker move that these people pull, thinking that some guy who's a con man is really a blue collar hero. How do you have elites from one group of this society that refer to other people as elites as if they're not the ones benefiting from it? And that leads into the issue that I was discussing before, which is people will say, Democrat cities where black and brown people are suffering. I say, you're right. But here's the problem. Who's causing them to suffer? The police department in most of these cases. Is the de- police department a left-wing entity? Or is it by and large in this country a right-wing bubble entity that exists even in the most democratic cities? Those people have like 99 point some odd percent right-wing. Like maybe that's the wrong statistic. They say 76% of statistics are made up on the spot. But a lot. <laughs> of cops. every day. Okay, how about this? My brother came back from Iraq and he worked with, with nothing but NYPD. Uh, out of the 50 cops that I met with him, 48 were far writers. and two were like, "Eh, I could see why interracial marriage is good." And you know, what I'm, I'm just like, "Oh my fucking yeah, god." Yeah, I think it's
0: safe to say this. But that so,
1: so so I so I'm saying, "Yes." In that sense you're correct but you're only telling one half of the story yes these are democratic led cities but you can't admit that the cops are racist
0: why why is that you know why because they have a proximity to your politics and looking at biden you know you you mentioned the police and i think that this is really important the fact that ovalde just happened you Mm -hmm. know over 50 percent of that budget was used for police how many police forces responded to that mass shooting how little did they do to save those children? They let them die, right? Was it because they were undocumented? Was it because that they were Latino? I don't know why. Um, but it really is amazing that even on the heels of Black Lives Matter and how many people are aware of what's going on in this country, still the Biden administration gives $30 billion to police, $2 billion to fight climate change. This is where we are at even with a huge, the biggest protest movement in, in history of this country. These people don't fucking complain who run shit. They co-opt the movement. That's their job,
1: to co-opt the movement. So they see people against cops. Oh, you know, let's co-opt the Black Lives Matter movement. We didn't ask for murals. We asked for legislation. We asked for protection. We asked for people to hold the, 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 the police departments accountable. We didn't ask for chalk murals on the floor. We didn't need you banging your pots and pans at seven o'clock. You didn't fucking accomplish anything by doing that. <sighs> police in my mind don't necessarily stop crime. They, they go and punish the people so badly, allegedly, that committed this crime that it's supposed to be a deterrent. And for the existence of this country, it hasn't worked. It just makes people feel good, that we hurt the people that hurt us. It doesn't stop them. It doesn't address mental health issues. During the 60s and 70s, there were like, what? It was like 500,000 beds that closed in mental hospitals and people ended up on the street. It's obvious why these things happened. You know, the, the, the drug war, destroyed our community, left it absolutely decimated. Those are things that we don't discuss. Those are things that we don't discuss in context. Those are things that we can't discuss because they're still part of our reality. That's the problem. And when it comes to Uvalde, you you couldn't stop me, I'm a citizen. I, I, I mean, everyone's a quarterback on Monday, but I can't imagine my children being there was a woman who jumped the line mm-hmm. who got arrested they're for harassing cuffs, her still went in there and they're still harassing her, even though every single one of those cops is a disgrace to every single person that has ever put on that uniform. They deserve no sympathy. And the fact that people were even trying to make excuses for them. Some of you could walk into a sneaker store and find a boot to lick, and it's disgusting because they've never been really critically challenged by the belief that the police are not there to do anything except to protect the power structure. Prison isn't full of criminals. It's full of poor people who happen to be
0: criminals. where's all the people in Jeffrey Epstein's black book? We never hear about them.
1: Where are the people that Ghislaine Maxwell sold the kids to? We Mm -hmm. didn't hear that either. Right, we never heard about. And I went to Haiti in 2010, and we were helping the people after the earthquake. And the independent artists that we work with had a song called Où est les enfants, which means Where are the children? And they told me and other people, Hey, some children were brought out of the rubble but we never saw him again. So me and a couple of other people, we tweeted about it, we talked about it. Everyone was like, oh, they're probably lost until a year or two later, what happened, Abby? All those news reports came out. Crooked officials from the UN, crooked officials from Haiti, crooked officials from NGOs were paying for children to be sexually trafficked to Eastern Europe, to other parts of the world. This is what gives the cannon fodder for conspiracy theorists. that is the real key. Because it's actually true. That's the real. And and, and that's why when those people were going hard (laughs) at the U.S. government during the Obama era, I was totally willing to join them. Yes, that's 100% true. Yes, we need to fight there. That's why I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not angry at those people. I'm telling them you have a point, but you've chosen a golden calf. And you don't realize that the emperor is not wearing any clothes and you're afraid to be called stupid or be called a rhino or be called a Democrat or a Marxist. Really? A Marxist? So we set up free enterprise when we go to other countries, right? We set up a free market when we go to some other place or do we set up a monopoly? What do we do? Do we set up a competing market for multinational corporations when we enter our country, Abby, or do we want one country to be the company store that just happens to be from the United States? I'm sorry that no one's coming to help you, but that means that you have gotta help yourself. And in this case, I told people a long time ago, I'm prepared to hear truth no matter who says it, but I'm not willing to shift along with their agenda. The first one that right-wingers went at is to prove that somehow Nazis were part of the big socialist movement around the world, Mm -hmm. as if they weren't far-right fascists. They keep talking about that, man. That was the first nail that they put in there. You know how you split a rock, you put one nail in a giant rock and you just hammer it in there and you keep nailing more nails? That was the first one. That was the first one they lost. and that is hysterical to me because I'm like, okay, if you actually study Nazi Germany, you'll realize there were like three, four corporations who had like a company store and basically ran everything and they were pocketing all the money. It wasn't a socialist entity, it wasn't communist, they were fighting over, over, over their territories in Africa. The sick part that people don't realize is that after World War II, it, caused the, it, it bumped up the liberation of half the quote unquote third world. And they're not developing countries, they're not underdeveloped, they're overly policed, they're overly controlled, they're consistently bombed. And what we see from that is a total projection of what they're doing. So when we talk about white replacement theory, they do that so they don't have to discuss indigenous replacement practice. It's not a theory, you fucking moron. It's a practice that you people had to get rid of indigenous people. During the Great Depression, you deported 1.5 million American
0: citizens who happened to be from a Mexican background so you could get more poor white people jobs. This is what I'm talking about. There's no connection or critical thinking about how refugees enter this country, where they're coming from, the systemic causes of these things. Or what land they're
1: going to live on. When people say they're giving away things for free for people. And I said, have you ever heard of the Homestead Act? Have you ever heard of all the acts that took place in the 1800s where this government gave away land that did not belong to them but belonged to indigenous people, to other people? But that's gone from history. And it's almost unpatriotic to bring up in some circles. So there's a total disconnect. As I said before, we don't even have a shared history in this country. Some people believe that we were playing with dinosaurs, like the Flintstones, and that population of people is getting bigger. <laughs> Other people, like, listen, I, I get into arguments with people all the time that, because that, that, I I'm, sometimes go back to Peru, and I'll see Mormons there, and they're around, and I'm like, let me ask you something. I read your book, and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I read the Book of Mormon, and you believe that America was populated by white people and that one tribe of white people killed the other in like 5,000 like BC and as to punish them, God painted the group of people that killed them and survived brown and those were the Native Americans. You believe that and the guy's like, that is part of the, the, the God. <laughs> Listen, you're very polite You're nice people, right? You make nice apple pie. But your politics and your proximity to fascism, murder, and genocide make you less than what you think you are.
0: You mentioned the destiny rock and you know the refugee crisis. It has to be said that it's projected up to fifty million displaced people forcibly ejected from their homes as a result of these wars six to seven million. Because when we talk about deaths, we don't just talk about direct killings, but it's the infrastructural collapse. It's the lack of access to resources. It's all of those things that are compounded exponentially. With every death, there's six times more that die as a result. And so it's just, the hypocrisy is absolutely mind boggling. But at the same time, like you said, It seems like reality is becoming severed and detached more and more where magical thinking has taken root on all sides. I mean, you have the liberals, they're the fake oppositional party, but they also think that Russia controls this country, Felipe. They think that Russia installed Trump. They think that our media is free. They believe in these things. On the other hand, you have people thinking that QAnon is their savior, that Trump is fighting the deep state. It's, it's really hard to wade through and actually find like common ground with people. And I guess I'm just a little surprised because I feel like we're going backward at a really rapid pace here.
1: I'll, be, I'll share a personal story. I knew someone close to me that went full QAnon. Yeah. And they really thought that like Mr. Trump was gonna come back. And it was, it was sad. It was like watching someone who's waiting for their dad who's never gonna show up. I've had friends of mine who've been abandoned by their father and I know that look in their eye. I know the look in their eye of a kid who's like, my, I know my dad's coming home. I know he's coming home. And that's the same stupid look I saw in my friend's eye. And I said, I, I can't rock with you no more. You're fucking crazy, dude. What's wrong with you? You really think he's, he's not coming back. They're not doing this. They, they're using you to fundraise, right? They're, the things you hate about them or about liberals are now the same things that you practice about conservatives, blind faith loyalty to this. And what I see on the internet is a lot of block profiles, a lot of intellectual cowards who just shame people for their opinions. You don't really want to fight. You want to snipe me to try to get me to stop. You want to get me to stop talking about these things. Every time I bring up the kids in cages, you bring up, yes, Mr. Obama did. Thank you for telling me that the sky is blue, and the water <laughs> is wet, but he's not in power anymore. Right. We're talking about Mr. Trump now. But now that Mr. Biden's in, we want to talk about the kids in cages again. Oh. Well, what about Mr. Trump? Well, he's not in power anymore. Yep. Are you the same motherfucker that said that to me before?
0: Well, I I can't rock with you. When Trump was in power, it was all about Obama's drone strikes, not Trump's increase of them. It's just. But that's the hustle
1: because the deep state is not left or right. That's what these fucking morons have forgotten. Or not all of them, because let me be fair, there's a lot of people who have not sold out and not just moved completely right. Because it's easy. You can automatically get a fan base. You don't have to ask hard questions. You don't have to really do research. You don't have to rehearse. You just show up and scream the left. As a matter of fact, if I took the word, the phrase, the left, out of away from these people, half of them would lose half their yep. vocabulary. You would have to edit half the show. But that's the level that it's gotten to. And I think... It's literally because of twofold, like you said, right-wing pushing this, and then during the election, Mr. Trump, as we both know, attacked Mrs. Clinton with left-wing talking points, right? Your your proximity to these fascist regimes, uh, your proximity to Saudi Arabia, you're getting money from them. Well, what did he do, right? Yeah. Then, oh man, you... you, you you don't care about other people. You want endless war. But this is the point I'm trying to make. People didn't see that, so they expected, "Oh, here's a balanced guy." No, here's a guy. He's a con artist. He's a con artist who's being advised by a bunch of white supremacists who aren't stupid, who are smart people, right? Let's not pretend that just because dude wears six shirts and looks like a, 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 a disheveled like grimace that he's not smart. These people, that's what. That's where the left makes their, the fake left makes their mistake. Don't underestimate these people's intelligence.
0: And Bannon's strategy of co-opting left ideas, disaffected Bernie people, folding them into reactionary politics. It's actually working in droves. It really is. And you have COVID and climate change, which are two huge issues that reveal the institutional failure of the state and of capitalism, folded in now to, no, it's actually the great reset. No, it's actually a distraction. I think though, one of the
1: other things that we have to contend with is that there are a lot of things that we don't know about, that you and I are not privy to, that are probably even more disturbing than the things we haven't seen. And from that perspective, I can understand why those people think Mm -hmm. what they do. Because this country showed me images of dead Ukrainians during the beginning of the war. They showed me a tank running over an old man. They showed me an old woman getting shot the fuck up. They showed me children blown up all over the street, Abby. And I'm gonna tell you, I didn't take that easily. I was disgusted by that. But I'm also the person that before WikiLeaks went out and said, no, I wanna see these pictures. Uh, And other journalists uh, were like, okay, you really want to see this shit? I said, yes, I want to see what, what, what the fuck are we doing in Iraq. Show it to me. And when they showed it to me, I fucking threw up. I was like, this, this, why, why aren't we seeing this? I understand why they're like that. I'm not, on one end, yes, I'm angry that people- have been had, lied to our whole to, lives. Had to sell out and go to QAnon and believe some yeah. freak fuck shit that's not true. But the sick part is that the, the level to which these people have gone, To hide their crimes is part of the reason that we're here. And then there's the online rage farming, right? You're you're not posting to actually make a point. You're posting because you want to rile people up. And, And rage farming is real because you're not actually providing solutions to stuff. You're not talking about it in any sort of context that's anything except trying to cause issues between a community, right? you're not coming to any real clear conclusion about it, and you're not regulating the response.
0: Well, there's several things going on. First of all, it's the survivability of even alternative media, where you have to feed the algorithm, you have to be sensational, you have to give people what they want. It's very hard to actually do real journalism. Look at the censorship that's taken place, Uh, technocrats who are curating our reality, working with these insidious players that work in these shady think tanks that work for defense contractors. And it's all for our own good, right? The mass censorship we saw taking place, RT being removed from all these platforms, memory hold from our collective consciousness. Like you said, the forbidden viewpoints, right? That liberals tell us need to be sanitized from our reality. Those people don't go away. They just get relegated to another darker place and feel like they're part of the true reality. And they
1: feel like they're oppressed. Right. You're not oppressed. You don't know a fucking day about oppression. Okay, the other problem that I have is this, is when people talk about the lockdowns being like jail. You know how many people I have to smack in the face, li- <laughs> like, like literally be like, yo, what did you say? Like, oh man, you know, it's like being in jail. It's nothing like being in jail, dude, okay? It's nothing like that, all right? It's nothing. Is someone stripping you every time you have a search in here, huh? You got TV, you got, you, you got the refrigerator, you could call a girl over, get a, get, a, get a COVID test, pop off for a week, right? Do your thing. You know how many many COVID families there are? COVID babies that are running around the world now? Of course, don't call it that. That's also the problem, the the genuine disconnect with how the average people are living. You know, when I went to, to, and you said it best, we have every right to criticize the government's abysmal response to COVID. Yeah, it, it's, it's not a conspiracy theory. That's true. They fucked us over. They gave us nothing. They let us die in the streets. And for the people that, that, that think, oh, well, not everybody was dying. Okay, let's take the reversal of that. They use that to justify a fucking 50% inflation rate on everything. We wouldn't have swallowed that as an American public without COVID. Huh, the cup of coffee that used to cost a dollar, cost two dollars now. We would have never gone for that shit when that came out. Those people that say the Great Reset, no, no, like I said before, they already own you. They already got you after Iraq and Afghanistan when they made you be complicit to all that. What they got now was their money back. Big corporations that bought out the little guys. I'm 100% with you guys on that. Where all the people, oh, conspiracy, no, 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 I'm 100% with y'all on that. Yes, they did use that particular thing to take over but what you said is so correct, people should have the, aud- have the audacity to rip their government apart for what has happened to them in, in terms like that. Because what is, what is the end result, right? What was the end result? Are we healthier? Are we safer? They got exposed. And all they had left was audacity. you will take what we give you. You'll get what you'll get. The Democrats made every promise to black and brown people that they possibly could. Broke them all.
0: If we didn't get health care during a global pandemic and instead increase sanctions around the world, it's a disgrace. And that void actually did funnel a lot of the cynicism into COVID's fake, this is about a power grab. Because like you said, they did grab power. They did financially take over. They did close a lot of small businesses. They did fuck over the working class. My friend's
1: son died of COVID,
0: Mm -hmm. okay? It's
1: not fake, but I can at the same time recognize that this government did things while people were spooked and terrified that were not beneficial to the people, but beneficial to the government, right? But now, just like 9-11, sister, you've used up all your political capital. You, you've created a, a, a situation, just like I said before, that relates directly to 9-11 to the point that if there is a terrorist organization that really does want to harm the United States, half the people in the country won't believe that it's real. Think about that. That's true. If there really was a new terrorist organization that just popped up out of nowhere, what are they going to be the first comments underneath there? You and I both know we're gonna go, this is a CIA manufacturer, (laughs) this is And they might even be right. Who were we supporting in Syria? Al-Qaeda, people who were, and you know this, we were supporting people who were linked to Al-Qaeda. I thought that's who we were fighting against. The Syria thing really fucked me up, Abby. And then it leads back to why I believe some of these conspiracy theorists believe what they believe. Radical Islam has always been America's best friend, has always been a, a, a tool for the West, right? The Al-Qaeda people, oh man, they're so terrible. But what we're using in Afghanistan, jihadists, the precursor to Al-Qaeda. Look the at Ukraine. Type, Ukraine. We're willing to put aside the, 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 the ideology of fascism and say it doesn't matter that these people believe far right things or that maybe some of them are into Nazism, they're fighting against Russia. What did I just hear? What? What yeah. the fuck is this? And of course, then there's some Russian propaganda. All oh, these, the Ukrainians, but at and the Nazis. same time, no, we're against not.
0: Russia because they're far right. Yet we're supporting a far right ideology to just use Ukrainians as cannon fodder, right? I mean, it is—it's truly sick. I'm sure you saw this when the Guardian, Sky News was displaying a Molotov cocktail workshop live. Guardian showing diagrams of where to throw Molotov cocktails inside of a Russian tank, how to best kill Russian soldiers while at the same time calling Palestinians terrorists.
1: I went to Afghanistan in 2009 to open up an orphanage in a school. And I had the pleasure of being able to visit places that are blocked off to Americans. One of the places that I visited was the tomb of Shah Massoud, rest in peace. And it was in a place called Panjshir Valley. And if I tell Afghans that I went there, they're like, they let you into Panjshir Valley? And I'm like, yeah. On the road to Panjshir Valley, it's lined with armored vehicles, all of them, old British carriers from way in like 1890. Then there's Russian stuff. Then there's Taliban vehicles just littered all over the place. And I say, why do they leave this here? I see kids using them as a jungle gym, Abby, using a fucking Russian tank from 1976 as a Fucking jungle, Jim. I said, why do you keep these things here? And the old man said, as a reminder that you can come here, but you can never leave. I sent a chill up my spine. I sat in one of those Russian tanks, small tank. It was on the side of a mountain. Walked in, and you know what I saw? I saw on the floor, there was this folded metal. Looked like Superman had just all on the roof was this kind of black ink looking stuff. And for a long time, I just sat there and then I realized, oh, this is old coagulated blood that's melted into the metal. This isn't, this isn't ash. This is blood. I was like, oh my God. And then I looked around, and I was like, yo, somebody died right where I was standing. And I, I just got a chill. I was like, and then I thought to myself, you know what? Somewhere in Russia, somewhere in Moscow, or St. Petersburg, or some small little town, uh, somewhere in Tartaristan, or Chechnya, or Dagestan, there's some mom who sent her kid here, and he died here for what? And her pain is no different than the pain of a mother who sent her child to Iraq. To die for what? That's what I learned. When I went there and I realized that if you're going to choose a life in the military, you're choosing the life of a soldier, but not necessarily a warrior. I know a lot of people who are in the military who are warriors, but the difference is this. A soldier just follows order. A warrior knows why he's fighting, right? Because at the same time as they were showing those Molotov cocktails, as you pointed out, they showed us those bodies being rolled over. Mm-hmm. And they showed us the people dying in the Ukraine as to bolster effects for the war. But they called Chelsea Manning and they called uh, 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 the people from WikiLeaks, they called Julian Assange traitors to this country just for showing us what the hell was going on. Because this was supposed to be in the news.
0: I mean. It's quite amazing and astounding to see the political establishment and media establishment pretending that war is novel, that it's not a permanent warfare state, that war crimes are reprehensible, right? That this is all new, that war is an abomination, and that the whole world should band together to basically expel one country from the global economy for doing what the United States does on a daily basis. I want you to comment on this point, Felipe, because I hear this constantly. You, know, you said that the US has expelled all of their political capital, right? About 9-11, terrorism. Now they've transitioned to another phase. They've been talking about humanitarianism for a long time, but now it's this liberal interventionism, human rights, liberty, freedom. That's what we're spreading around the world. And if it's not us, it'd be China. And isn't it better that it's us? I hmm. hear this constantly. Isn't it better that we're on top, that we're the empire? Because if it wasn't us, it would be a country that does worse things.
1: There's a saying La revolution est dans la souffrance. Cherchez pour la trouver. The reason I said that is because the country that supports the most dictatorships is not China, it's not Russia, it's not even the United States, it's France. <laughs> France supports, supports the most dictatorships worldwide so they can have access to natural resources. So they've already mastered that. If anything, the Americans are just biting off the blueprint of what Europe did years ago. You want all the natural resources, but you don't want those people, right? If you don't want those immigrants in your country, stop invading those countries. Stop using their resources, right? That, 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 that would be the real boycott. How about they stop coming to this country and we stop making everything for you? Right? How about you can't live off us anymore? The reality is that Americans have no idea what the coffee and the orange juice that they really drink is worth. If we didn't have slave labor in this country vis-a-vis undocumented immigrants, then your orange juice would cost $10.00. But most of these people, this is again, goes back to the elites calling other people elites, whether they're liberals or whether they're conservatives, they don't understand any of that about working for a day. The principle that people don't understand about socialism is that it's just workers controlling the means of production, and that's the fundamental basis. The other problem that people don't recognize is that capitalists and communists agree about, some, about one specific point that there's only two classes, that there's the working class and there are people that control the means of production. There has never been a middle class. A middle class is a manufactured fantasy and COVID taught you that because you're not worth any money. You're worth negative
0: $800,000 and you all have to sell your fucking houses and your cars. But people are in denial. They think that they're millionaires in the waiting and they reflexively reject any sort of collectivism.
1: I mean, I think the, the, the sort of Lottery mentality that's been pitched to people is catchy You know, if you come here You can win the lottery if you work really hard you can win the lottery and when you go to Business school they'll tell you something very honest. They'll say hey if you made a thousand dollars from the day that Christ was Crucified until today you still wouldn't have a third of Bill Gates money So is it really working hard? Is it really got to come here and work hard or do you have to come here and find a residual income and then build on your own and Then plan with your family and then do things like that. Well, if that's what you want to do, then why didn't you tell me to do that in the first place? (laughs) No, you sent me to these wonderful liberal institutions. I went to one of the best schools in New York City. I went to Hunter College High School. My sister went to Bronx Science. My cousin went to Stuyvesant. My other cousin went to Brooklyn Tech. In none of these schools, none of these fucking genius academies, did they ever give us any economic education. And they didn't even tell us not to get the credit card that charged you 30% out of the university that you ended up going to that gave you a free T-shirt. So fuck you. That's how I feel about them. They didn't do their job. They didn't do their job. And it's not the teacher's fault because I'm sure they wanted to, but there's, you only get, what, $250 of a tax break as a teacher for buying supplies? It's a disgrace. You know, as much as they want to fund cops, you need to fund teachers in this country. You need to give them that because obviously right now they're fighting a war against ignorance and they're losing. In the same way, sister, that I'm writing an album called The Middle Passage, they've shown us every plantation with cotton on it. You know what plantation they've never shown us, Abby? The most prominent ones, the ones that were most profitable, the breeding plantations. Why don't you want to show us those? You know why? Because after the research that I did for this album, you realize that the moment that a a girl menstruated, she was put in a stable where a horse would be and forcibly mated, forcibly raped by a male of the slave master's choice. And when she had children, they weren't called children, they were called a litter of pups. The punishment for raping or killing a person in medieval Spain is gelding. Gelding is when you take hot pincers and you take a man's balls and dick off root and stem. Killing a person, law of the Bible, right? Medieval Spain, super religious. You killed a man, he should be killed. Why were indigenous and black people categorized as subhuman? So under the law, you would not be punished for the things that you did to us. That's why. You used to be proud, right? Used to be proud, white America, of rape and murder. Used to be proud of colonization. Used to, wow, that made us tough. And then you got ashamed of it. And that's what you're dealing with. That's what America's dealing with, a schizophrenic crisis. There's a British manual, right, that was taken out of the British Museum because within the manual, it talked about how rape was a weapon of war that should be used against the indigenous population. You're ashamed of that now. You're ashamed, right? Who was Christopher Columbus? His image has been so whitewashed, but he was trafficking little girls on an island. Who does that sound like, huh? All (laughs) you right-wing defenders of Christopher Columbus and his legacy? He was trafficking nine-year-old indigenous girls on an island. Who does that remind you of, you intellectual coward? Just because liberals are dog shit doesn't mean that you shake hands with the devil. Right? The same way I tell people all the time who are white working class people who hear about reparations for black people and automatically get upset. You know, they hear the word Africa and they're furious already. (laughs) But the (laughs) the problem is this, the money doesn't come from you. No, it comes from the financial institutions that banked and built their, their stock exchange on labor, on the, 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 the payback that they got from slavery, because reparations is not actually what African people are asking for in this country. African American people are asking for the other half of reparations. You see, America already paid reparations at the end of, uh, at the, end of the Civil War to slave owners. They gave them money per black yep. person that they let free and they refuse to honor the people that were actually victimized. So until you do that, you will always be cursed, America. And you can call me a communist, a socialist, but you know what? It doesn't matter what you call me. You know that I'm right, right? And you know that I stand more for indigenous rights than I do for the European interpretation of a left-wing ideology that doesn't always fix, that doesn't always work in a cookie-cutter scenario when you plug it into Latin America. Because at the end of the day, that was still being pushed by two large governmental entities that wanted to challenge the United States control of the region. We're tired of being pawns.
0: You're doing the work on the ground. You started a mutual aid organization during COVID. Talk about the work you're doing and also your new album that you're working on. I hear you're working on a book as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, I started Rebel Army Runs, uh, I believe March, 2020. Um, I went into a supermarket with my folks. I I think, for me, when I went in the store and I saw people strewn on the floor, I saw a little old Jewish lady, and she was just grabbing a cabbage. And this dude, this big fucking, I don't know, it was like a bald white guy from, he he looked like the dude from, from Breaking Bad. He shoved her on the floor and took the cabbage. And me and two other people grabbed them. We're like, what the fuck are you doing? It's, 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 she's 80 years old. And I said, my parents are 70 years old. They can't be in here. What about the people from the community? They can't be in here with this. You know, half the place got a mask, the other half is coughing on people on purpose because they think that's freedom, you fucking idiot. No, what are you doing? Help these people. So I said, all right. Let me gather my forces, gather my people, my my friends even bring their kids out now. And what we basically do is we give away a two-week food pack. We get the goods extremely cheap from wholesale, um, and we get a a two-week food pack um, that we give away at the Grant Grant Housing Projects and then at Albany Houses. Um, So we're in Harlem every week. Or excuse me, every other week, and then you were usually in Brooklyn for the other week. So I tell people all the time, it was not an easy decision. It cost me money, it cost me time. But when I saw the people in line, and they had nothing, Abby, nothing. The women in Albany Projects were using ripped shirts as feminine product rags, right? RIP sure is a maxi pad because there wasn't just a toilet paper shortage, there was a maxi pad shortage. So we out here giving away pads to women, right? Sometimes it's thankless. Is that gonna make me stop doing that? No. If you wanna support us, we're at Rebel Army Runs um, on IG and on Twitter. Um, There's a link in my bio on all my social medias. And we have the accreditation now um, statewide for 501c3. So we did it. And we're going to keep doing it as long as we can to ensure that people get help. And again, the people that are in line are mostly elders, okay? These are people who have nothing. These are people who, again, when I was servicing them, some of them are immunocompromised. Some of them are cancer survivors, right? Just like my mom. So I was so surprised and I was so blown away when some dingbat, of course, from a block profile would be like, why are you wearing a mask and gloves? I work for the city, basically. I mean, I don't work for the city, but I have to have the city. The city has an ordinance. You, you can't serve food without a mask and glove. But isn't that a sign of, of slavery? Did you revolt against America during the monstrosity in Iraq and Afghanistan? All right, so shut the fuck up while I'm helping people. Because if you're not gonna help people, don't try to make me feel guilty for what the fuck I have to do to help these people, right? I don't mind wearing a goddamn surgical mask and I hand out gloves. That doesn't make me a slave, you fucking moron. It's not a sign of subservience to the government. You know what a sign of subservience to the government? Paying your taxes during a fucking war, not revolting when they gave us nothing during the pandemic. They already got you. They don't need to put a microchip in your arm, you moron. They got one in your phone that you carry around every fucking day. They don't need that from you. They don't need your soul. They already bought it. You already sold it to them, dirt cheap. And I'm gonna end with this. When I was incarcerated, I went to see the prison psychologist and she said, I'm glad you're still in there. And I said, what do you mean? She said, human beings have natural empathy. They are naturally empathetic people, no matter what race, creed, color, him or her. That's true. If you're watching this program and you're white, black, brown, Asian, anything, you have natural, natural empathy. In other words, someone has to do something really fucked up to you or something really bad has to happen to you in life for you to have no empathy for people. And my message to those people is simple. I'm sorry something fucked up happened to you, but don't take it out on those kids. And don't take it out on the old people we trying to help. I'm sorry somebody lied to you, brother. I'm sorry somebody hurt you, my sister. I'm sorry somebody took something from you that can never be given back. But we're not out here taking nothing from nobody. We're just trying to help the people who don't have shit. And we're paddling with nothing. We're trying to keep people alive, Abby because ain't nobody coming to save them. That's what we learned during the pandemic, right? I don't believe 100% of the new conspiracy theories that come out, but I believe the old ones. You still don't give a shit about us. You still don't care. And you use us as a battery to, 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 to push your agenda in other countries. But when it comes down to this, the only people that are gonna save us is us. And you know, what you do is important because too many journalists just take a dollar to shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Too many artists. Just take some money to go away and, and, and rap about good times and not talk about the, the, the reality of it. But both of those roles are important. Somebody's gotta be the person that cheers people up. We can't just be sad and depressed all day, but somebody's gotta be the truth teller. Somebody's gotta be the fucking adult in the room. And I don't mind being that for once in my life.
0: Thank you for being that.
1: Like a prison with invisible bars.
0: Thank you for listening to our Empire Files podcast. Help keep us independent and ad-free at patreon.com empirefiles. And be sure to catch our newest episodes by subscribing to our YouTube channel.
1: no matter where you're at, it always follows you where you are. And it's hard out there for a pimp to get out of. But it's harder for the hook that i beat the shit out of. I got underground in the Confederate States. Ironically running from slavery to-